Good morning, Hoya Nation. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Show em the G podcast. I'm your host, Julie Cully. Along with me today is associate head coach Alton McKenzie and volunteer jumps coach Stephen Baldy. Also alongside me is my husband, Chris Farley, the owner of Pacers Running here in the district and co-founder of the Pace the Nation podcast. This podcast, our podcast right now, is able to come to life thanks to the donated equipment and studio space from Chris and the Pacers team. So you might be wondering, why is it that you're listening to a podcast right now? What is this podcast about? So here's the deal. We have sent out several different versions of the newsletter over the past few years. And I have felt that it's a difficult space to really convey the heart and soul of what we are doing here in this next generation of Georgetown track and field. So we want to use this space, this podcast, to give all of you, our incredible alumni, a space to hear the voices, the passions, the successes, the challenges that we see every day as a track and field family. I want you to hear from the coaches, the current team, alums in the community about who we are, the fabric of our program, the told and untold stories. And we want to do it in a way that is easier for you to download, listen to on your way to work, listen while you're working out, any way you listen, so you don't have to breeze through it on an email and start as something you'll get back to when you have more time, because who has more time? So here we are, thinking outside the box of a way of connecting with you, our fabulous community, so we can engage you. You can hear us and you can continue to be proud of this team and all we are doing to compete at the highest level in the NCAA and turn out some of the brightest, most ambitious minds in the country. Wow. Okay. So that was a mouthful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Welcome, guys. Thanks so much for being here. Um, We are just getting started, kicking off this podcast for the first time. Um, The four of us in this room don't really know what this territory is going to look like. It's fairly uncharted, but... um, we are trying to do something completely different here. So we're going to introduce ourselves. I'm um, going to start with Coach McKenzie. Coach McKenzie, 60 seconds on Coach McKenzie. All right. Thank you so much for having us, Julie. This is great. Um, everybody knows me. Some people know me as AM. Uh, Coach McKenzie, we could say that for the professional side of things. <laughs> uh, graduated from Georgetown 1993, business school. Um, journey to track and field coaching. Well, it's in corporate world for a while, but... Coaching kind of was a calling for me. I couldn't explain why I wasn't coaching. So um, ended up leaving the corporate world, going to coaching. I was coaching at the University of the District of Columbia, otherwise known as UDC, since um, uh, seven years. I coached here for seven years before I came home in uh, 2016, September 1st, uh, back to the hilltop. I felt like I never left. I won't say how long I've been there, but um, it's been a while. Um, First grace, my... I graced Georgetown in 1989, uh, first time walking on campus. Georgetown was playing Princeton um, in the NCAA tournament. That was the weekend I visited. So pretty scary. Georgetown was almost the first team to lose to a 16 seed. Ooh. So that was my recruiting visit. I'm like, wow, these kids are kind of ex- kind of excited. Um, maybe I need to be at this place. But, um, you know, under ca- Coach Gagliano, ran for Gags, and – legendary coaches many of you have I'm sure have heard of of, uh, Frank Gagliano Um, but ran for gags 89 to 93 and um, my journey to coaching like I said it's Georgetown was home for me I couldn't resist coming back home when I had a chance to so excited to be here 
Thanks, Coach McKenzie. Now we'll hear from Coach Baldy. Stephen Baldy, uh, known as Coach B to my student athletes. Uh, Baldy, for those of you who are close friends or former teammates, that crazy dude running around the Carrier Dome <laughs> carrying a Georgetown flag. Um, where do I start with Georgetown? Wow. Uh, so I attended Georgetown from 1994 to 1999. I was in a five-year plan, and trust me, I milked that last semester <laughs> taking three credits. Um, but I wanted to come to Georgetown to play basketball. Um, at the time when I was growing up, Georgetown basketball was one of the premier programs in the country. You know, I was a short guard out of Philadelphia. I wanted to grow up and be Joey Brown. Um, but when I stopped growing after eighth grade, those dreams kind of went to the side. But um, I came to campus on my visit and really fell in love with the school um, and fell in love with the school even more when Frank Gagliano and Raymond Humphrey showed up to my house. My mom, knowing Coach Gag was Italian, she made a very big, healthy portion of lasagna for him. And we actually watched Georgetown play uh, Arkansas in the Sweet 16. We lost. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of a downer to my home visit. But I still made it on the campus, spent some great uh, formative years there competing. Um, and, you know, Georgetown, it runs through my blood. Um, I never wanted to be a coach when track was done for me. In 99, it really was done for me. I didn't think about track and field again until 2013. And I only did because my son wanted to be a triple jumper, which is my event or my premier event when I was in school. And so I started coaching there. Um, I will always be thankful to the program at Bullis, who specifically Joe Lee, who brought me back into coaching. He's a brother and always will be. Um, but coming back and coaching my son initially and then other athletes, it reminded me of how impactful the sport was to my life. Um, over the last couple months, I've reconnected with uh, AM and, and, and Georgetown called me home. And uh, it's been 20 years since I put on blue and gray and it actually meant something other than I didn't want to pick out anything else in my closet <laughs> to put on. Um, but over the last few months, like seeing the spirit of the team and the coaches and the administrators who really care about this program, it's reminded me what special place Georgetown means to me. And if I can contribute to that legacy in any way going forward, you know, it's a dream come true. Well, AM and I can attest to the emotion that Stephen <laughs> felt when he put some of that Georgetown gear back on. Don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for the intro. Um, I just want to give you just a tad bit of background on myself. Um, I'm Julie Cully, Director of Track and Field here at Georgetown, and um, I am originally from New Jersey. Shout out to all my New Jerseyans in the program. Um, my husband and I live here in Arlington, Virginia. We're very much rooted here in Arlington, Virginia with our, our business being here. So um, in terms of what that means for Georgetown Track and Field, it means hopefully uh, consistency over time. Um, I am a Rutgers graduate. Again, don't hold that against me. Um, but what's really cool about um, having been someone a part of the old Big East, I graduated from Rutgers in 2004. So I understand uh, what it was like to be a school in the Big East competing against a place like Georgetown. And there was always this thing, like I get asked a lot of times by recruits, like, what is it about Georgetown? Like, why are you at Georgetown? Why do you want to stay at Georgetown? And especially as someone who didn't go to Georgetown, um, I always saw Georgetown as this really special place. And I didn't even really know why. I mean, I grew up much closer to Villanova and did not want Ooh. to go there. Ooh. Yeah, okay, there we go. Um, but I, I always felt this real excitement uh, being around the Georgetown women. Um, as, as a middle distance and distance runner, I saw them and kind of always felt that they were the 
the premier uh, women's team on the East Coast and then obviously nationally as well. But it was there was something very, very special about them. And then when I learned, you know, some of the, the difficulties and challenges with training and resources and facilities and stuff like that, it made me uh, appreciate the program that much more. Um, fast forward to a, a professional career in running. Um, I was blessed to be coached both by Matt Centrowitz, uh, who was involved with the Reebok Enclave alongside of uh, Frank Gagliano. Um, so I was coached for several years by Matt Centrowitz. So in the, it, over at American and then, you know, always seeing the Georgetown team out on the, on the trails and on runs and stuff and always holding them in such high regard. Um, and then eventually moved over to help coach Gagliano, um, get the New Jersey, New York track club going. So, um, spent three awesome years being coached by, uh, coach Gags, uh, really getting that program started the, the program that he currently, um, coaches up in the New York, New Jersey area. Um, we did put New Jersey as the first part of that <laughs> because horrible. we were actually physically training at New Jersey. And funny enough, it was full circle for me because I got to move back to New Jersey. I got to train at Rutgers um, with Coach Gagliano. So it was pretty special. Um, and then Coach Gags um, coached me to my first Olympic team, my first and only Olympic team in 2012. So he holds such a special place in my heart and was a part of an incredible period of growth for me. Uh, so, so many reasons why Georgetown just became such an incredible uh, opportunity. And uh, the, the moment I had an opportunity to really join the staff was with uh, Coach Henner. And I'm, I'm so blessed and so grateful that he brought me aboard because it's just led to uh, a few years of, of great joy for both uh, Chris and I and our families. Last and certainly not least person in the room is my husband, Chris Farley. Chris, how you doing? I am well. Thank you. Uh, can you give us a little uh, information about why you want to be a part of this podcast? <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> yeah. well, give us a little background yeah. besides the well, fact that I, I signed you up for it. Well, this is definitely an honor. And why I want to do this podcast? Well, it's to be surrounded by you guys. Uh, and I'm really inspired by uh, being part of the Georgetown family. I, I truly am. And I feel like... I've adopted the family over the last five years, and I'm just thrilled to have that family because, uh, you know, I went to University of Virginia, and Virginia is awesome, and I love Virginia, and they're two hours down the road, and, uh, you know, I love everything about them, the sports. Uh, we were the first team to lose uh, the 16 to 1. I thought that's where you were going, Alton. But, uh -oh. uh, you brought it up. But, too, soon, too, yeah, soon, yeah, but, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. But, you know, I, I love my university, but it's great to have – this university that I can call my own now uh, through Julie and through you guys. So um, excited about this podcast. I think this is a great medium. We do a couple podcasts with Pacers, and I think this is a great way to uh, get that get your message out. And we've got uh, some great content, and I'm excited to be a part of it. And you guys did a great job starting off, Alton and uh, Stephen. Awesome job uh, introing yourselves. You guys didn't seem nervous at all. So. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm over here shaking. I'm yeah. over here shaking. I think it's going to be a really, really cool, uh, cool thing that we're doing, Julie. Well, I also think it sheds to light how much um, anyone who's had coaching experience realizes that coaching really is a family effort. It's not just a job. Um, it's an entire commitment from a family. So um, being a part of 
a staff is is being a part of a larger family. So that includes the spouses, it includes the children, it includes all those people who are also making sacrifices um, for the greater success of the program. So no doubt, you'll give us a little bit of insight there. Certainly, Chris wants us to win as much as we do, if not more. I think sometimes it's harder <laughs> on the fans mm. than it is the coaches. Uh, so it's 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 uh, really helpful to have a family member in the room too. <clears throat> All right, guys, let's talk with the. All right, guys, let's get to the basics here. Why did you decide to come to Georgetown? Steven, you want to start? I mean, yeah, I'll start. Um, A.M. begged me. And uh, <laughs> I, know, nice I don't like word. to see grown men cry. So, you know, I said, you know, I'll come help out. No, listen, Georgetown has has really had an impact on my life. Um, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, you know, I I really wanted to go to Georgetown. And at the time, I didn't really know why or I thought I knew why, but I didn't really understand actually until after I graduated. Um, you know, I came to school just making it to Georgetown for me was kind of the goal. So when I was mm-hmm. there, I didn't take full advantage of you know the educational opportunities, the networking opportunities, or at least I didn't think I did. Um, but it was only after graduating and seeing how Georgetown kept showing up in my life, either through, you know, best friends like Antoinette Campbell and Kevin Friend, who, you know, Antoinette was on the team, but Kevin Friend was not. Um, I have a business now. Um, we own and operate airport franchises, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, Jabba Juice, Smashburger. The person who gave us the first loan to start my business only did so because we sat next to each other in freshman year accounting, Kevin wow. Griffin. Um, and so Georgetown has showed up in my life in a lot of ways, more than I have actually shown up in its life. And so when the opportunity presented itself to come back and work with the athletes, one, I felt an obligation to do it. Um, you know, Coach Gags and Raymond Humphrey gave me a chance and they gave me a chance that at that point in my life, I actually hadn't earned from an effort perspective, right? I had talent in track and field, but that kind of came naturally, but I hadn't actually known what it was like to put in work. Um, but they gave me a chance and even giving me that chance, I still didn't fully realize or take advantage of it, but have the opportunity to do it now. Cause I've, you know, I've lived a lot, I've made a lot of mistakes, I've learned a lot of things. And so for coaching, for me, obviously, I want to drive outcomes, right? I want to be successful. I want to win. I'm very competitive. But for me, coaching is more about touching the lives of young people, showing up in the lives of young people in a way where it gives them the opportunity to realize the best version of themselves. And so, you know, coming and being able to do that at 37th and 0, um, when it means such a personal deep connection to me, it's just it's just been special, Um you know, getting to meet the coaches and understand like what all you have gone through to preserve the program. Um, you know, track is a non-revenue sport. And at a time where a lot of things are changing at universities and tough business decisions are make, being made at universities, you know, it's not always a given that the program that I participated in would continue to exist. But it took people like you, coach, and your predecessors to really advocate for the program to make sure like there is a Georgetown track and field program. Mm-hmm. You know, Seton Hall was a phenomenal program when I was in school where there's no Seton Hall track and field anymore. Um, And not that the alumni didn't care or wasn't a beautiful program. It's just not here anymore. Um, So to be able to come back and and continue the legacy um, of people like Steve Holman and, you know, Stephanie Jasper and 
um, Maisha Marzell and Kate Landau. You know, it's just it's really special to be able to participate in it as an athlete, but now to be able to come back as a coach. And, and Stephen, you are uh, for the audience. You are still running your business, but you've you're, you're taking time to do this coaching on the side, right? Just yes. To, just to clarify. Yeah, just to clarify, I still you know, uh, like I said, I have a airport food and beverage mm-hmm. business right now. I'm only able to volunteer two days a week. Okay. But you know, I've you know I've learned that you cannot or you should not let your inability to do everything stop you from doing anything. Right. And so, you know, this is the anything that I can do. Right. And hopefully I'm doing it in a way, like I said, that I'm showing up in these young people's lives that are giving them and the program a better opportunity to be more successful. If I can take two hours of work off of AM's schedule, you know, that's two hours more he can pour into helping a kid get through a tough academic situation Mm -hmm. or work through a family issue. So um, I will also say for those alumni who are listening, right, you know, I competed and so did AM during the decade that most Georgetown alumni track people consider like the glory days. You know, I was at Georgetown. We won eight out of the 10 Big East conference championships we competed Mm. in. That that hasn't been our history recently, but it's not because there's not dedicated coaches, the full support of the program, talented student athletes. It's just because that's just not what occurred. And that doesn't mean that the program is any less successful or any less impactful. And so I will say to the alumni listening to this, if Georgetown and Georgetown track and field had an impact on you. Get involved. Yeah. Like in any way you can get involved, like get involved. If it's an hour, a quarter, if it's an hour, a year, like just do something. Because <laughs> yes. just, you know, mm-hmm. as we needed people to advocate and show up for us, that's what these student athletes need now. That's what these coaches need now. That's what the university needs now. So that's why I'm doing it. Um, I wish I had more time. Um, at some point in life, I, I hope to be able to do this full time because I don't get the satisfaction of seeing a young person put effort and commitment behind something and then seeing it realized mm-hmm. through academic performance. There's nothing to really replicate that in a business Agreed. life. Agreed. Um, you know, I sell a lot of donuts. And sure. People are really happy when they eat a sour cream sure. donut at eight o'clock in the morning. But it's nothing like, you know, seeing someone PR by 28 or 24 seconds, I think. Happened this weekend in yes. the 3,000, Dylan. 5,000. 5,000. Um, I don't know his last name. Sorry, yeah. distance runners. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, You're seeing. You're still getting to know everybody. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's only there. been a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, but seeing, you know, a kid be able to accomplish that and you know it's because he's worked hard, you know, that's. That's beautiful. Uh, and Julie, I'm sorry, my staff was hammering them about the man, the margins of donuts. And the margins. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of knowledge to share. Yeah, sure, there yes. is, yeah. Random information I have in this brain of mine. <laughs> and Stephen, to your point too. I mean, I think that people leave Georgetown, they leave any university, and they've had highs and lows, right? And um, I think it's important that alums really take a look at what some of those good moments were when they think about getting back involved. Um, whether that's uh, through time, whether it's through finances, whether it's through energy, whatever that is, um, to be involved is is to be involved. And it, it means that we're continuing to push the program forward. So I think that's important because I think not everybody leaves their university experience feeling like they got everything out of it. But you know, in the same way that you've you you've talked about um, feeling like you've left a couple stones unturned, it didn't mean that you didn't look back and think about how incredible that experience was and how it continues to touch your life. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would say, if I'm speaking honestly, I had more lows from a track and field specific experience uh, because, for those people who know, um, you know, my my the coach that recruited me, Raymond Humphrey, left after my freshman year. 
And as a 19 year old, uh, I didn't handle that very well. Um, I never really gave Hank Bradley. And now I realize how much this man sacrificed, right? Mm -hmm. Here he comes in. He was a volunteer coach. He had a full-time insurance practice outside of coaching. He was showing up in a way that I'm now showing up for these athletes. But now I know what that means, right? <laughs> um, and I, I gave that dude no chance. Yeah. I was like, you're not Raymond Humphrey. I'm not working with you. And so from a performance standpoint, Georgetown Track wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But it still does remove the fact of like, that program really changed my life. Like I don't end up at Georgetown if it's not for track and field. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot of ways, I was so blessed and fortunate, even though I didn't give the program everything as an athlete, I'm damn sure going to give it everything I can as a coach. Awesome. I love that. Yep. Yeah, let me add something for yeah. Stephen, just as a reminder. Um, this might bring back some interesting memories for you, but the last time I saw Stephen compete, um, it was at George Mason. And, um, wasn't a pretty sight. He actually <laughs> hit his head. He hit Ooh. his head on the side of the pit. Wow. And the image I have that he probably wouldn't remember because he didn't see it because he was wow. knocked out wow. was Coach Bradley literally rubbing his head on the side of the, of the track. Wow. And so um, we talk about family and sacrifices, and that's part of what makes this sport what it is. In probably one of the toughest moments he had as an athlete, um, that was the same person that was there like trying to make sure he was okay. Like we're talking knocked out concussion wow. um, on the side of the pit at Mason. So we know, we know what that journey is, and um, you're not here. You're, you're here for a reason. That's not by accident. Very cool. No, agreed. Hank Bradley is just as much of a part of my legacy and a blessing from track and field than any, anybody else. So if you're listening, Coach Bradley, <laughs> I love and Props. appreciate you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Shout yes. out to Coach Bradley and volunteer coaches all across the country. <laughs> well, that's a big inspiration piece, right, for wanting to come back. So yeah, that's, for sure. that's pretty special. And the, and one of the reasons that we brought you back is so that you'll convince all the kids who give us a hard time to stop giving us you a stop hard, giving time. hard time. Yes. So at least we've Absolutely. got some firsthand experience. I won't be as patient as Coach Bradley was You're going to regret it. Yeah, you're going to regret it. Yeah. You're going to regret it. A.M., give us a little bit of background on uh, why you decided to come back. Why did you decide to come to Georgetown in the first place, and why did you decide to come back? Yeah, so interesting journey. So we talk about connections. Um, you know, uh, Coach Cully is a Rutgers grad. If not for Rutgers, I'm probably not at Georgetown. Really? I don't know if you guys realize that. No. There's a guy called Elliot Quow who ran for Rutgers 83, 1983 World Championship silver medalist in the 200. He went to Rutgers. Hmm. He also went to Canarsie High School. That was mm -hmm. my high school in Brooklyn. So my high school coach was told by Gags, uh, if you get another guy, potentially like Elliot Quow, call me. That other guy was me. I wasn't <laughs> as good, though. Um, but for, if not for that connection, it's always, you know, it's, it's by fate I, I went to Georgetown. It wasn't by accident. If not for that connection from Gags being a coach at Rutgers, then coming to Georgetown, and my high school coach uh, making that phone call to Gag saying, hey, I have a kid who I think could be a Georgetown, would be Georgetown material. I'm, I'm probably not at Georgetown. So uh, he took a chance on this kid from Brooklyn who actually snuck in. He didn't know I was from Jamaica. Um, and I had uh, <laughs> the pleasure of putting a Jamaican flag on his desk my first week in school. So. I was just Googling yeah. Elliot. I was wondering if he was Jamaican, but okay. No, gotcha. he's, well, he's got Caribbean uh, okay, background okay. too, but okay. so I snuck in under, under the radar uh, with gags, and back in the day, that, that wasn't necessarily his favorite 
topic of discussion. Well, that's hard to do to sneak in under the radar. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> <Right>? Especially <laughs> when you're eating jerk chicken and you're right. walking into his office. <laughs> yes. With Jamaican flags yes. everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, what are you doing, AM? <laughs> yeah. And all these uh, all these guys from George Mason being from Jamaica. Right. And who, I, who some of who I knew, he's like, what the heck is going on? Where did I bring this Jamaican kid from? But who, who would believe four years later I'd be the captain of the team um, my senior year? But... um. My journey to Georgetown came from, you know, I have a connection with Georgetown. Patrick Ewing's from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I knew about Georgetown. Patrick Ewing being from Jamaica. But I didn't really make that connection athletically for, for track and field until that, that um, introduction to, to um, Georgetown by my high school coach mentioning, hey, the Georgetown coach was at Rutgers. You're the person he said to call. Or he, you're the person he said um, could be the next person to go to Georgetown. So I... I felt Georgetown could be a fit once I went on campus. I felt a connection to Georgetown mm-hmm. because I felt like a family environment. Um, like I mentioned before, my visit um, in April, I visited very late. I actually had an offer from Cornell and uh, St. John's, and for some strange reason, I decided not to pursue either one. But um, I strange. visited pretty late. I visited like in the middle of the mm-hmm. tournament, like March Madness, literally in the middle of March Madness. Um, there's another, there's, it's always family connections. There's a young guy who, uh, Bali might remember named Chip Sims. Um, Chip Sims, uh, ended up being a walk-on basketball player at Georgetown. And he was a roommate of my host, a uh, guy called Yafit. We call him Yafit the Prophet. A uh, really smart guy, but average runner from Texas. But Chip Sims ended up being one of, you know, really renowned walk-on kid who ended up um, passing away like maybe five years ago, mm. but everything connects. It just feels like a family environment. And I had a great time on my visit being scared watching these kids. You know, everybody was walking to McDonough um, <laughs> that that um, day when Princeton was seeming like they were going to beat Georgetown, and the energy just felt great to me. I just felt like this is the kind of place I'd want to be. Um, I was probably the you know, 12th best half mile on the team, like 10 guys under 150, so it wasn't just based on talent. I ran 154 coming out of high school, and my first year literally was just to survive. My, my first year was spent trying to survive workouts. Um, coach Helmer wasn't a very easy person to run under either. So he was my event coach for three years, and then I moved to Gags's group. But it was a very high-level com- competitive environment. I had a lot of good people to run with. And like I mentioned, bef- like Stephen mentioned before, like in the early 90s, Georgetown, like we were in, in that age, I think, probably some of the best teams we had overall. And the environment changes now where I can understand where we are now as a program. It's a different environment. We're not in that same space, so you can't manage a team the same way. But my experience then in the 90s um, and knowing somebody took a chance on this average kid from Brooklyn who was not that fast, I was okay. You're still not that fast. Correct. (laughs) That's correct. And gave me an opportunity. And my senior year, I'm I'm the captain of one of the best programs in the country. That dawned on me that it wasn't just about um, how fast I ran. It was my ability to lead. And so um, that's one of the things Coach Humphrey told me. He said, you might not have realized it at the time, but we leaned on you because we knew you would be, you were like our coach on, uh, within the group. My job was to keep Brian Woodward and Jesse Gibson <laughs> from killing each other. In good luck with that. <laughs> okay, so that's how good I was. It's I, I, I I, I, very interesting to me because I grew up here in Arlington, and I yeah. knew you know, I was big into track. I wasn't good enough to run at Georgetown, so I went down the road to Virginia, as we spoke about earlier. But I remember going up to that track 
and watching a practice, maybe I was thinking of trying to get recruited or trying to walk on at Georgetown or something. I don't know why I was there, but it was on top of the hill. Correct. And I just remember the energy of the group there was just incredible. Absolutely. Uh, maybe maybe share like a little bit more on that. Number one, the track. It was so windy. On top of the roof. Yes, on top, on top of, of the yes. I mean, I, I don't the know if... Wind the wind would blow uh, yeah, you off. I know. You. I don't know if... I don't know if <laughs> A lot of the alumni who are your guys' age obviously remember it, but not maybe not everybody who's new to the, the program knows that the track was up there. It was super windy, but the energy was just incredible. So kind of talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, it's you know I PR'd in a mile in a workout. Now, I never ran a mile in a race, <laughs> but I ran like 420 in a workout at the end of a workout, like yeah. getting killed. Yeah. But um, the energy was so high because you had high-level competitors. You had you know Rich Kanas, Steve Holman. Uh, Paul Whitaker was born at the wrong time. He ran 147 and couldn't couldn't make a four by eight team to go to the NCAA championship. <laughs> That's crazy. So it is that true? Really? I'm not making it up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He ran. We were, he ran on other relays. Ran up at Penn relays, sure. but four by eight, he didn't make it his junior year. Um, it was just yeah. too much talent. Wow. But when you have that many people who are vested in, it was it was commonality where everybody had it in mind. Like we wanted to be really good. So you had to show up, practice. You had to bring your lunch pail. You couldn't show up and not <laughs> yeah. be ready to go to work because yeah. you would lose 10 pounds and your cholesterol level would go up like I did my freshman year. Yeah. So um, you had to bring it every day. It was just that type of high-level environment. And it was a, the program, this was across the board. The jumps, you know, he had uh, my roommate, uh, Craig Halliard, was a jumper, got beat by his teammate, uh, Lee Watts, who was a year ahead of us, like on the last jump at Big East. So you're laughing at him getting beat, but it's by Georgetown, one of his uh, teammates, like on the last jump, like heartbreaker. But that's the kind of environment that uh, Coach Humphrey, Coach Gags, Coach Elmer created. And what Coach Cully and myself and Coach Baldy and Coach Bondi are trying to replicate is high-level competition and wanting to compete at a high level. And it doesn't start when you just get into the race. It starts from day-to-day -day practices. And like you're talking about, all the wind and all we didn't care about any yeah. wind we were right. just trying to survive the workout just trying to survive we're yeah. just trying to get through that workout and, and um, if i could jump in it yeah. wasn't just the like highly recruited athletes right so yeah. some of the more memorable uh people in the program that i when i was there were people like josh rollins he was a walk-on colin mahoney he was a walk-on um yeah. katrina DeBoer, she wasn't really hmm. highly recruited out of high school but you know people came and they put in work i think josh rollins ended up he was a walk-on um, he really started to jump well, probably his sophomore or junior year. But I think yeah. he holds like, if Raymond Humphrey doesn't have the record, Josh Rollins does. And yes. he literally was a walk-on walk on the team, yes. came on with no money. But he just he just worked because that was the culture. And when I look at the team today, again, coming from the glory years, you're thinking, oh, that was just back then. Well, you know, I have a group of five. And one of the hardest workers in my squad is a walk-on. Yes. Uh, Josiah Laney. I mean, this yep. kid, I mean, he comes with it's his lunch pail yeah. every day. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, expire it's inspiring and it bleeds into the culture of the rest of the team. So, um, yeah, like he said, if you didn't if you didn't come ready to run, uh, you were going to get embarrassed at practice. Um, so you had to you had to come with it every day. And and um, you know the, the the old pro sorry Julie the old program just fascinates me <laughs> because it was a full program and, and times are different I mean it's yes. harder to build the you guys had throwers correct jumpers yeah. uh, Stephen can you build this jumping program to to the elite program that it that that it maybe was or do you think it can be So I've been told to temper my um, <laughs> predictions yeah. which I shall yeah. but I will tell you this uh, the group is already made up 
of some very committed and hardworking athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, The goal is to just be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And they're putting in the work. And I have no doubt, like I have no doubt um, that we will get back to the place where winning the Big East championship in horizontals is not just an expectation. It's just kind of the norm. Um, And we're there. We're close. We're a lot closer than a casual spectator might understand. Sure. Um, The kids, the student athletes, I have to get over the fact that I'm not in high school anymore. These are young adults. (laughs) This is college. The young adults, they are putting in the work. Um, The coaches are putting in the work. The administration is putting in the work. Um, And so the results are going to come. You know, if you... In business, I always tell people, if you pay attention to the nickels, the dollars will take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. If you execute daily in practice, you do the drills, you you take every interval seriously, the outcomes will take care of themselves. They're they're looking after the nickels, so yeah. the outcomes are coming. Yeah, but, and by the way, there's I can't say it yet, but don't worry, there's some big recruits coming on the jump side. He's gonna need to. He's got some work to do. I believe we're not playing. Guys. I know, I know, it's gonna happen. So I think it's important, you know, as we talk about, you know, the the glory days and kind of where we are in the state of the program right now. So Coach McKenzie and I both started um, in our current roles. This is our fourth year together. Coach McKenzie, tell us a little bit about the status of your group, your training group, um, when you first um, stepped back on campus. Yeah, who are you and who are you coaching? Yeah, so I coached, um, well, thanks to Stephen now, I'm not as closely with the jumpers, but Thank in the fall God. they spent a lot of time with me. But I coach um, all the sprinters, um, hurdlers, um, so long and short sprints and hurdles. Um, when I started in 2016, wow. So first first uh, week of practice, I look in the women's group, uh, there's two people. Wow. Yeah, and then it went, it dwindled down to one. One person was hurt. Um, so one person does not make a group, right? So um, 2016, on the women's side, it was one sprinter. Um, she ran really, really well. Uh, she ended up having to ch- do some workouts with the guys, so that didn't hurt. Yeah. But um, on the men's side, it was also pretty, pretty minimal. Um, so the goal was what enticed me to the job, to be honest with you, was the ability or the opportunity to, to re-energize the sprints and jumps group. And that really, you know, I, I knew what Georgetown was like. I knew we could be a more balanced program. I knew I was going to be under or working with someone who had that in mind, too. Coach Cully um, gave me the, the leverage to say, hey, your job is to re- re- rekindle this group, re- you know, re-energize this group. And we're at a point now on the women's side where we have 12 in the group, 12 um, sprinters and jumpers on the women's side and none are seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, on the men's side, we have seven currently with only one senior. And for the 2020 recruiting class, we already have five, five folks who've signed. Okay. So wow. um, the goal is to continue growing that group. We came in right away on the men's side, brought some really tough uh, quarter milers in, and had immediate success with some of those some some of those young people. And um, the goal is to continue doing that. On the women's side, I felt like I've underachieved in the in the 400. I'm a little biased to the 400. I don't know if you picked that up soon enough. Well, that I DMR leg is important, man. Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> that four by four. Four by four. Four, four, four by four. <laughs> yeah, four by four. <laughs> Two distance, distance yeah, yeah. side and then the sprints yeah, that jumps I mean, on that side of the table. Yeah, to, you know, and to kind of even piggyback on that, last year we, we won a sprint medley in the – in, um, on the men's side, we won a sprint medley. We hadn't won a sprint medley since 1997. I let off that team. 
<laughs> no, we, we'll right. leave that alone. We, we're not gonna. You want me to blazing twenty four seven? You're you're slow. You, you sound like gag slowing your time down. But no, I guess yeah. don't Thank don't put it on record. Brian, we were one forty five five. Thank you for my go yeah. watch. Yeah. Didn't matter what happened before it that. Didn't matter what happened before that one forty five. That's right. But but that type of energy and that mindset is is part of what gets me excited about Georgetown mm-hmm. is is to know that we can. It's possible. Like you can be a more balanced program. And um, it doesn't need to be that we are going to traditionally still be known for mid and distance, but mm-hmm. like we can mix it up with the sprinters. You know, we had a four by four that first year that won the college section and was four freshmen. Hmm. So it, it can be done. And um, we will continue to grow and, and work and, you know, move in the direction of making sure that we're a more balanced program. And I'm excited to see the sprints and jumps group grow and um, the support that coach Cully has given me to make make that a reality. Like she's like, go get them, go go get some big time quarter milers, and not just for the DMR. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> Love not it. just for the DMR. <laughs> I want a four by four. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool to to talk about these things, and I think it's certainly really it's really interesting. I think for the for the alumni to c- community to really hear who we are as a staff, um, our connections to the past, um, our excitement for the future. Um, certainly with the current staff we have, and I'm going to name all, I'm going to name all of them off right now. So everybody has an idea. Um, so we have both, uh, myself and coach McKenzie and coach Baldy in the room, but, uh, Brandon Bonsi, who is our head uh, cross country coach and oversees the development of the middle distance and distance men, uh, Mitchell Baker, um, who was a head coach of women's cross country at Brown came down two years ago and uh, has helped uh, significantly as an assistant coach, um, but then alongside all, a lot of the development of the women's middle distance and distance. Um, we have Kyle Levermore, who's our graduate assistant, who started with us just this year. Um, he just graduated from Arkansas. We try not to hold that against him, <laughs> um, but he is, he's been a, a breath of fresh air for us and um, really uh, brought a ton of energy into the group. And then we have a new volunteer coach who's, who's starting with us now, um, a small name you may have heard of, uh, Jason Richardson, a uh, world medalist in the hurdles, is actually a Georgetown student currently, a yes. graduate student. Wow. And so the second we found that out, we started to uh, recruit him. Um, and so now he's, he's joining our staff this spring. Uh, so some real excitement. And I think the important thing to really understand is, is this is a group of coaches who um, is is really well connected to the history of the program, who has um, a real deep understanding of, of what this program means to so many people, and that we're kind of defining it in the way that we best can for the future. So given our resources, um, given our staff, um, what we can be really, really good at and what we can continue to breathe life into in the program. So I just want to thank our staff. Um, it's It's been a real pleasure. It's taken years to get to this point. AM and I, uh, when we took over in, in 2016, it was just me and Brandon, actually. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And then our first hire was Alton. Um, and then we've uh, kind of built out the staff from here. So it's taken a little bit of time, but it's it's certainly been a joy. And we're grinding. Yes. We're definitely grinding. Yeah, it was interesting to start. Um, you, you left out one important thing. What were you doing like that first week? We started one week. <laughs> oh, the first what did you week do we the next started. Week? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I actually started with the program in 2014. Um, yeah. I was brought in by Coach Henner and uh, then was under uh, Mike Smith for one year when he was interim. And... Um, 
the the moment that I was asked to take over uh, uh, the, as the director um, interim that first year, but that moment was the same week I was about to have my first baby. So I was asked yeah. to take the job when I was 39 weeks pregnant. So Ooh, wow. it was an incredible week and a half, and Chris can certainly attest to that. But it, yeah. it really goes to show, I think, and, and not to be like patting us on the back, but it for us it was just like this was an absolutely incredible opportunity. I mean, having gone to school at Rutgers, please don't hold that against me. <laughs> Um, I really had a deep understanding from a distance of what Georgetown track and field was and, and is. And um, it was an incredible honor to be able to, to take over and, and start to um, really do things a little bit differently. Um, so it's been a lot of fun and we're committed to continuing to win, yeah. win, win. And, and, and yes. we knew, I mean, I, I, you bring that up. Uh, I, we knew at the time that, you know, our life was about to change big time with having our first kid and. Uh, her career was changing completely from being an athlete, a professional athlete and coaching a little bit to being a full time. And this is what she does coach. And, uh, we knew the, the, the sort of the gravity of the situation. And we also knew the opportunity of, to be the director of track and field at cross country Georgetown is something that doesn't come along, uh, it's often. once in a lifetime, it's once in a lifetime. And it's, it is a, an important very special gig and a special place to be. So uh, I, I think it wasn't too hard of a decision. What a hard decision for me. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is like, yes, yes. And I'm like, oh, yep. God, I'm going to yes. have a child. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> So, and then we had our second child two years later, yeah. also in the month of August. I think I like to inflict pain yeah. upon myself as the <laughs> yeah. season approaches. Um, but it's been a real joy. So, okay, shifting gears just a little bit here. Um, thank you guys so much. It, this oh, was awesome. This was and awesome. Yeah. Um, I hope for our community, I hope you've lasted this long through this podcast. I think we could go long. I mean, these guys are really <laughs> good. They like, are. I'm I know. I'm grab them for my other podcast. <laughs> oh, like, wait, this thing's yeah. ending? Yeah. I'm yeah. just getting geared up over here. I know. She wanted to keep it really tight, which I think is important. Important and yeah. you guys were, were fantastic and, no, and we got to I mean are they the the regular I mean we got to get more out of them you know, yeah we future. do let's squeeze more out of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just warming okay. up yeah. I know I'll bring sour cream donuts next time <laughs> yes, <Awesome>. please <laughs> um, so I I want to thank you guys but I also um, want to just say that this is something it's totally uncharted territory like we talked about before. Um, we want this podcast to be for our alumni community, for you guys. And so um, please, if you've lasted this long, uh, email us. Uh, you can email me, julie.cully, C-U-L-L-E-Y, at georgetown.edu. We would love feedback. We want to hear from you. Uh, some of that is questions, too. I think alums feel isolated sometimes because they don't know what's happening in the program and they're not sure if they can ask questions like the hard questions like we're here to answer some of the hard questions um we we are in service to our community um we are in service to our athletes um and and each other as coaches um but it's important for us to really connect in a different way with you so please uh offer us feedback we're also hoping to make this a regular thing so hopefully uh, once a month or maybe even more frequently when we have alums in town that want to get involved and and want to come share their story please we would love to impromptu pull the group together and and share that story so we do a couple of on-campus alumni events um, one in the fall one in the spring and so we want those you know individuals who come back a lot of people say like hey the student athletes got to hear from them but we didn't so can we bring them in here and and have a conversation and talk about what what Georgetown meant to them and and how they've really um, escalated outside of Georgetown. So we want to share those stories. We want to connect with you. We want to answer the hard questions. We want to do all of those things. But 
first and foremost, uh, we need some music here. Like we need something. <laughs> so <laughs> if there is anyone in the community that does, uh, you know, intros for podcasts, yeah. anything like that, we're going to try to professionalize it a little bit more. I'll throw in something that isn't going to be the the standard that we'll move forward with. But yeah, if you if you got something, if you can drum something up for us, it'd be great. Uh, I also wanted to uh, to thank uh, on the on the logistics side because this will be on. Uh, iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and all those spots. I want to thank William E. Docs, uh, my college teammate who works with me on the podcast. He's the one who behind the scenes puts a lot of this stuff together. Yeah, he uh, he does an amazing job too. So job. thanks, yeah. Docs. Um, last, last thing. Okay, the last of the last thing. Uh, Letter Winners Challenge is coming let's up. Let's go, let's go. Yep, so um, we're hoping to launch this uh, just ahead of Letter Winners. Um, we, we really need your support. Um, Georgetown has upped the ante on us in terms of um, what they expect the capacity of our community is. So the strength and the um, success of Letter Winners Challenge actually plays a massive role in, in things that we're able to do as a program. So when we continue to hit those numbers, we continue to hear the word yes from our administration. So um, please, if you are out there, make a donation, no matter how big, uh, how small, um, and if you have a larger donation to make, you may want to connect with the coaches themselves because um, there's lots of little projects that we can continue to do to enhance the experience of our student athletes. But Letter Winners Challenge is coming up. It's just a week this year. And uh, I know Aaron Sicker and uh, Marsha Dixon are going to be after you guys to donate um, and to get involved. But we also have something totally different this year. Thankfully, uh, we will have a live tracking system. So we'll actually be able to tell in real time where we stand against the other programs at Georgetown, which is huge. We used to be in the dark and be told that we were in the lead. And then like someone would sneak in in the 11th hour and, and wipe us out. So um, we are, are hopeful that we can continue to document that and track that so we can show and continue to show uh, our, our Georgetown administration and university, how important track and field is and how much we care about our program. Yeah, and it's an Olympic year, so we, we need to yeah. be winning. It's That's a big right. year. Let's go. This is what we do. 2020. All right. Great job, Julie. Um, awesome stuff, Alton, Steven. Um, this, you said we hope to make this a regular thing. This will be a regular thing. Oh, I'm just going to show thing. randomly yeah, and yeah, grab yeah, this microphone. So here we go. So. <laughs> here we go. Here Whether we go. you record it or not, it'll be up to you. We could put a little stool over here. We've only got four seats in this room, but I think we can do, I think we can fit a fifth person no in here. No question. Okay. So our guests can be the fifth person. No, this no can be the regular crew. Yep. And we can just get in the habit of grilling people every time we come in. Every come share time. your stories, but we work. will also grill you. Yep. <laughs> Coach Gags, you're up next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can get him. Yeah. What are yeah. you talking That's about, Bodie? I'm not getting on the microphone. We'd, we'd have to get Gags to figure out how to do the phone thing. So, <laughs> And and also, just to say, um, we do do phone call-ins, too. It's yeah. certainly preferable to have people in the room, but... Um, we, we do interviews by phone as well. So um, we, we would love to yeah. start to connect more and more and more and outreach in our community. So email us. Let us know what you want to hear. All right. Great job, Alton. Great right. job, Steven. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, thank pleasure you. being here. The way we're going to end this is just with a little clip. Um, and it is from our competition this past weekend at Penn State. Just so you can relive a little bit of that experience of what the energy feels like in Georgetown track and field. So here you go. Oh,